0: You are in the perfect place at the divine time to be touched by a horse. Here's your hosts, Melissa Pierce and Dane Cheek.
1: Well, hi, everybody. Thanks for joining me. And nope, Dane is not with me today. He will be back soon. We're going to do some really fun things coming up and clue you into what's going on around the ranch. This morning, I have one of my graduates. She's actually a graduate of both of the programs as of this week, the fabulous Linda Bruce. Thanks for joining me, Linda.
2: Thanks for having me, Melissa. I'm I'm honored to be here.
1: So I have the honor of working on your property sometimes during the year. Her property is uh, Soulful Prairies in Woodstock, Illinois. And is it Woodstock, the scene of where a movie was done or something?
2: Groundhog's Day is, is Woodstock's claim to fame. So. Oh, yeah, the Bill Murray one. That's a funny
1: movie. I like that movie. And so it's a darling town, the little gazebo, and, you know, really fun place to be. And if you're near a computer while you're listening to this podcast, go ahead and give yourself a treat. Go to Soulful com. I say that stepping into Linda's property is like stepping right into a page of Pinterest. It is stunning and you've put so much into making it so unique. So I really love that about your place. How did you originally find that land or that property? I've always been curious about that.
2: Yeah, so it's been, I can't believe it's been 12 years and We were looking, you know, the economy was not um, hopping at that point, thought it was a good time to purchase land. And i had always wanted sort of farmland and ran into this piece, which was formerly an apple orchard and really hadn't had the care it needed over the years. And so I can remember falling in love with it and I don't know exactly why. And then bringing my husband out and he was like what? You know, like, why do you like this? Because it was weeds up to to up to your ears and buildings falling down. But there was something about the property that really drew me in. Absolutely.
1: The pond that's on one edge of the property and the beautiful farmland and trees. I mean, it's, it's really stunning. Did you
2: clear trees off of it? No, we didn't. You know, it was actually uh, attached to another 40 acres that had all the apple trees. It was oh. an apple orchard and they pulled and, and cleared all those. And Really what we've had to do with the trees is trim them and clean back the dead ones, but we haven't really cleared any area. Nice.
1: So she's the only person I've known. Now, maybe this is something that's done in her part of the country, but I had never heard of anyone doing this. She and this fabulous group of people that come to this property for a variety of reasons make sweaters for their trees. When my daughter passed away, her favorite color is green, and she, they made this beautiful green sweater for Molly's tree. So I'm always very touched by that. Where'd you get that idea to make sweaters for your trees?
2: It's so funny. I think uh, my son was going to Iowa at that time, and they had done it in, in oh. town, and I kind of stole the idea. And ironically, we crocheted and knitted all these tree sweaters and I think it was two years later they had all outgrown their sweaters so it was a lot of work for them (laughs) <laughs> just like kids, they outgrow their sweaters. Yeah. But it added so much color. It was really
1: fun because in the wintertime, Chicago, Colorado, same kind of thing. I'm always looking for color. That's why I have the birdhouses on mine. To just get a little little splash of color mm-hmm. in the, the dark winter, you know, coming in there. So then the things that I see on your property, I know I was there while the house was going up. But the barns and on the cabin and all of that, that's all been added to the property, correct? Yeah, that's yeah. Right. Yeah. So I know how I describe your adorable cabin that I get to stay in, but you describe your adorable cabin because it's got a story behind it.
2: Yeah, it, we found it in Wisconsin and it's an 1830s log cabin and a family owned it. They actually raised 11 boys in the cabin and then we took it apart like Lincoln Logs and then brought it to the property and had someone kind of restore it on the, the land.
1: The humble explanation for this incredible place. First of all, I can't imagine a mom and a dad and 11 boys in that cabin. It's not that big. You no. know, it's, uh, it's two stories, but it's not very big. And so just thinking how people lived differently in the 1830s and they had to cut down the trees and make those notches in the logs and all, all of that. So it's really, really phenomenal. and underneath the stairway in the bathroom you can still see where the contractor who put it back together for you and took it apart was smart enough to number all the logs Mm -hmm. that that was very smart not just here stack all those and we'll put them back together because it's like putting a puzzle back together It it really truly is and then inside of it you have done a beautiful job of having pretty much walking into it what it may have looked like in the 1830s as far as sinks and All kinds of fun stuff, you know, kitchen. Was that with the
2: cabin? You know, we tried to use almost everything that came with the cabin, and there were a few things that we added in there, and the layout is a little bit different, but basically the same and same materials. Gosh, this is is
1: amazing, absolutely amazing. One that I can rat you out on that I know wasn't in the original 1830s cabin is there's an old kind of horse water. I had them when I was a kid, and they have the depressing thing, uh, the pressure... Valve that the horse pushes with their face, and when it's depressed, it fills with water like a watering bowl. And so that's in the shower. I always love that when I set my shampoo in there. and kind of, It's just adorable idea. So you are so clever with those different ideas. And I got to stay in that cabin before you modified the upstairs. So when I first stayed in it, the first year that I was at your place, it was one big room upstairs and was that how it was for that family like a big bunk room for those boys
2: no they they had some rooms up there I can't quite remember like how it was laid out but yeah. we um yeah we had left it open and then we're kind of waiting to see how we used it
1: but it's adorable so it's a, it's a few bedrooms upstairs and then this adorable inside I, I love it I adore it we used to pull in in our motor home and I'd tell Dane I miss staying in the cabin <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of funny. I think one year we actually parked the motor and stayed in the cabin. So yeah. we're a little spoiled on that for sure. So you do our equine gestalt work with your horses. And you're now what we call a master gestaltist. She's done the advanced program. If my voice sounds tired this morning, it's because I finished three weeks in a row of doing what we call our GCM training. And you were in the third week. And so I want to back up and say, how did you find out about the original EGC program? And then what do you think you've gained by doing GCM?
2: Yeah, so I have a background in social work and counseling. And I was also pretty much a horse person my entire life. And I at one point decided I really wanted to combine the two and have been looking for programs and really never found exactly what I wanted and then bumped into your program online when I was surfing the the net. Surfing the net. (laughs)
1: Surfing the net. So for you personally, what did you gain doing the programs?
2: Oh my gosh, so much. You know, I think everything from my personal growth, which has been huge, and then focus on a direction I can go and run that business out of Soulful Prairie Is feeling really confident and good about what I'm doing and what I'm offering the world, really. Yeah, the
1: amazing work that I've been able to do with some of your horses, because The reason I'm out there, and I missed since the pandemic, so I can't wait to go back this fall in 2023, but I was going out there because you allowed us to do some of our trainings out there, a lot of our students. And at the time, were living in Wisconsin and Illinois and, and Minnesota, so it was a great location. And so they would come in from that part of the country to stay on Soulful Prairies. And so I was out there a couple times a year, I think, for a couple of years. And then, you know, just got to see while your home was being built and all the touches you were adding and that fabulous arena, which you guys will see it if you go to soulfulprairies.com. You'll see the photos of this very unique arena that she's put in and the barns. It's just, it's hard to even put in words how cool this property is. I tell people about it all the time and have a lot of great photos of it as well. So I don't remember your personal story if you had horses when you were a child,
2: did you? No, I did not. So I started riding when I was... I believe in like fourth grade and addicted and loved it and <laughs> stayed with that through college and then life you know happened ended up having you know kids and a family rode yeah, rode for some years during that time when I had kids but realized it was just a lot and then went back when my kids were a little bit older and my first horse. I must have been in my 40s. Oh wow, yeah.
1: that's great. That's great, and and she's not 100 years old, so I'll, I'll give her that. <laughs> but yeah, because you've developed quite a herd out there. I love working with Charlie, and you know you have different horses that we all get attached to, having them as healing partners. So some of your horses you ride because you're a beautiful rider. Your daughter rides and some of your horses are more in your healing team. So, how did all those horses end up on that property? How many are on there today, let's say?
2: Yeah, so we have we have 13 out there now and seven of them are boarded and they're on usually kind of in retirement, you know. We don't really have like a riding barn per se. And then six of them are ours and my girls and I were in the hunter jumper world. And I think I began to discover that I was kind of uncomfortable with that. So that was part of the reason I was looking for a program and a different way to approach horses. But the girls did, you know, they rode on the, the initial couple of horses that we purchased. And I think there was a piece of me also as I watched their lives, the horses' lives. I just was uncomfortable seeing that. And I just really yearned to have my own space. So I think that's getting better. I think people are seeing horses in a different light, but it was hard on me and that that was part of the reason we kind of looked for Soulful Prairies. But Hunter Jumper, you know, throughout my life, on and off. And my girls also really involved in that. And then... The horses that we have, so you mentioned Charlie, we have five other obviously besides Charlie and they all have their own personalities and show up in the work in different ways. So I do ride uh, two or three of my own horses but they all take part in the work. Nice, they all yeah. take part in the healing work. Yeah, I,
1: they're certainly all capable of it. I wasn't sure if any of them were you know set aside for, for your, your kids are grown but for your, your kids or what that was. So they're all fun and they're all willing to and they meld with the boarding horses out in this pasture so I'm out there at either at times of the year when they're coming in or times in the year when they're going out but one of the most fun things is to watch them have that full run of the property when they're just playing and having fun coming in they're hilarious so they're out there and it's almost like they wait until we have all our cameras ready and then we go okay go start running and they're hilarious and i think they know they're being photographed you're a fabulous photographer i think they know full well they're being photographed yeah. they show off a little bit tossing their manes and they're absolutely hilarious and they come in and they i think they just have so much fun doing that yeah. <laughs>
0: Touched by a Horse offers three comprehensive programs, giving you the ability to have the career you've always dreamed about, working in partnership with the magic of horses. Our equine facilitator program provides you with the skills to build a thriving business, hosting group experiences with horses,
1: The first time I walked into your barn, not your arena, but into the barn with the beautiful stalls and the openness of your tack room and feed room at the end and, you know, just the way that you had it laid out. Those materials for that barn, is that all materials you collected or you hunted down? Because these stalls have beautiful stained glass windows in them, believe it or not above where the horse can snot on it just to give light and and all of that but you were kind of a collector of things that were a hundred plus years old am am i wording that right
2: yeah you know i love garage sale and garbage picking and you know all of it you know and that's some of the fun for me is repurposing and uh I i would just say You know, the detail is important, and so it was fun for me to search and hunt for different things. That barn is actually a kit, so in some areas it looks newer, but overall we tried to kind of incorporate older wood and older windows, and so it has a feel like it's been there a long time. And it's funny, those windows, I remember standing in my horse's stalls when they were at, you know, a boarding barn, and I thought, gosh, this is like being locked in a bathroom, you know 20 hours a day or whatever it was and I so wanted that when they needed to be in the stalls they had good space so they have run out so they can be outside And now, you know, we only have two horses that come in out of our whole herd. They are out 24-7. I realized how much happier they are in that environment Mm -hmm. than being stuck in a stall. I have a funny story about that because my big Frisian, we decided we were going to put a couple of them out and see how that went. It was one of those really cold nights. And so I'm like, I'm going to bring them all in because they're going to be cold. And I brought the Frisian in and I was going to like kick down the gate to get back outside. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is all about me and my comfort level. (laughs) So, Yeah.
1: Yeah, they're they're pretty funny. They are they're an animal that comes from parts of the world where -15 is a beautiful day. So they really don't need all that warmth that our brain tells us they need. So we kind of do the same thing. We leave them where they're able to go. In our case, they're able to go from their stall out in their run and we open the gates and they can go out into the pastures and it can be snowing to beat the band and they're out in the pasture messing around and you know they have their stall to come up into but they usually don't so yeah it's it's pretty funny how we tell ourselves what they need i like you come from a show background so gosh we would blanket them we'd put the underwear under them and then the blankets and the sheets and the wow we made it into a lot of work we did. <laughs> It into A lot of work. Show horses to make it into a lot of work, which is fun. It teaches you a lot about humanity, people, your ego, pride. I mean, all kinds of good lessons come out of showing horses, but I will say I think I never see horses happier than when they're doing this deep process work healing humans. That's That to me feels like when they're doing what they really want to do, you know, what they want to do for us naturally, whether you're going out for a ride this afternoon you could pay attention to all the messages your horse is giving you whether they feel your heart Or they are wanting you to slow down, spend more time on the ground with them, spend more time just taking it easy during the day or easy on the ride. They really give us a lot of opportunity to slow ourselves down. And that's, I think when they see us, they sort of see a crazed little animal (laughs) that's running around like crazy with a huge agenda and wearing a watch and press, press, press for time all the time. So one of the greatest gifts we can give our horses is to take that lesson from them, take a deep breath and just really slow ourselves down to be in the world and not always on that agenda of doing things. Now, you do other things besides my work. And by the way, she is incredible at what I've been able to teach her to do. She knocks it out of the park. She is an amazing practitioner. If you or anyone you know would be in need of somebody who can hold beautiful sacred space, really, really hear you, what you're saying, not. Even what you're not saying, she can hear and be able to guide you with gentleness and clarity through the clearing of unfinished business, as you know, we always talk about here, and into a brighter, lighter life gosh, you can see Soulful Prairies, meet Linda Bruce and get that done. What a trip. Fly into Chicago, you're about what, 45 minutes from the airport? Yeah. So it's easy breezy to get to her place and and well worth the trip. So Linda, you do other things at Soulful Prairie, some of which I've been able to do with you and others I've looked online and followed you on Facebook to do. So talk about how with this property, you built your gorgeous home. This home that she built is also with a lot of those materials that she gathered. And you actually had a guy Hunting for materials for you right or around the nation so pulling that all together a big windmill I mean it's really really something to see I-, I describe your place I say it's not the kind of place you drive onto I've been to beautiful equine facilities all over and there are some that are clearly professional gorgeous facilities for the function of boarding horses showing horses and doing all of that Yours doesn't feel that way to me. It feels like you turn back the clock in time, you slow your heart down, you slow yourself down, and you enter into a different reality. So it's very hard to put in words what Soulful Prairies is. But that's the way it feels that you've developed a great community out there. So what are some of the other things that you do at Soulful Prairies?
2: So thanks, Melissa. I, you know, I love that description. I think that's something i worked hard for. And it also comes naturally. Uh, It's, it's interesting, because I feel like that land, there's something about that land. Mm -hmm. And that's why, you know, we kind of stuck with it. And I wasn't real sure at first, and we kept going back to it. But there was something about that piece of land. And I always talk about we have these gates which are actually our logo and people will say to me when I drive through those gates I feel completely different and that makes me feel great I mean I have something to do with that but it's not just about me it's about the land and it's about the people that show up in the community of people so we have brought other things in my favorite is the gestalt work the group work and the individual work by far we've found ways to bring in people so that they can see what we have to offer and then hopefully entice them into the gestalt also. So. Some yoga gong meditation with horses, and we have drum circles sometimes and also do include in that meditation and, and uh, gong with the horses. I do uh, corporate retreats, and not-for-profit groups have come in and done retreats. So it's a little bit of a lot of different things, and the the, the extra things that aren't really gestalt are sometimes for me about bringing people onto the property and getting to know and understand what the whole feeling is there and it is really when you said community and i know you've done that too Mm -hmm. melissa is it makes such a difference i feel like when people are healing and they have people that they know that are kind of going through some things that are similar it changes it completely it does yeah and you taught me that yeah thank you (laughs) thank you but it does it forming that
1: um, sacred safe space to let out your truth and be able to connect with other people that are doing the same you're holding space for them they're holding space for you it does create a beautiful loving community and it extends out so soulful prairies is much like what I've done in that it's the stone in the pond, the proverbial stone in the pond. And when people go through and immerse themselves in your work and who you are and in soulful prairies and knit sweaters for your trees and all that fun stuff, then they are a kinder, nicer person out in their community and with their families. And as they heal, they heal others. So it really just is that beautiful rings that go out across the pond. Every time I think of your pond, I think of a few years ago when you had those baby ducklings oh my gosh you took the funniest photos and cutest photos those little baby ducklings do they still live on the farm
2: oh so those baby ducks were yeah they're domestic and they still live on the farm I think that if we let them loose they wouldn't last long because they can't fly they can only waddle but we had those are COVID ducks we were bored and we went to you know some farm place and we're like let's get baby ducks so and they're both males so we don't get eggs and they're a little nasty but we love them anyway.
1: Well, you got a few nasty animals on the farm, but it makes it fun. And the things that you did, the photography you did with them, brightened a lot of my COVID days because I knew I could check your Facebook and there'd be some funny video or cute picture of these adorable baby ducklings. And I would think... Okay so I know those ducklings pooped on your <laughs> kitchen <laughs> counter and you had to clean it up right after this photo but my gosh that was worth it to get the photo just really really cute and then when I first met your little pig on the farm he was a little pig so how's he doing these days
2: oh my gosh he's one of my favorite yeah so we have a pig that we got from a rescue and i was told he was full grown and he was not full grown he's at least double maybe triple but yes we just love him he wanders around loose you know during the warm months and then the the couple cold months he, he doesn't care to and uh he just, yeah, he's like a do- a slow dog on the property, but everybody loves him, you know, just loves him. Tucker. Tucker. <laughs> he's a character and a
1: half. And when you, I know they told you they thought he was near grown. And I, just so you're not in full denial, he's at least four times the size he was when he first came. My Bernie's Mountain dog that passed away, his name was Kizzy. And he came with us all the time in the motorhome, And so Kizzy met him when he was, had, been at your place probably six, eight months, I think, at the time that he met him. And the two of them had quite the relationship. That dog could not figure out what that pig was, who he was, what he wanted. And so they'd they'd chase each other, you know, bark and jump up and down and chase each other, both kind of slower moving animals. So it was pretty fun. So every time I see him, I think Kizzy would not want to tangle with him now because he's a big boy now but he's adorable. He was in your shop when I when he used to live in your shop in yeah, the winter. Yeah, he
2: was so funny cuz we had him in our office and we, I was having a women's meeting up upstairs and he climbed the stairs oh. but he couldn't get back down, so I had to pick him up. And if you've ever picked up a pig, they squeal at the top of their lungs. So it scared me to death, but I had to get him down. Yeah. Um so yeah, he's he's just such a big part of our farm for sure. <laughs> talk about I got one more thing too. To talk about energy. Uh-huh. I think it's it's. It's so funny, he can move horses. Oh, he, wow. oh he's a tough little like guy. Like herd
1: them around.
2: Move them away. Like oh. he he's he's nervous when they're you know, but he can turn his little oh, butt I and make them move away. So <laughs> sort of a good lesson yeah. in energy yeah, cuz you could be exactly. little. <laughs> <laughs> and he couldn't actually kick
1: them cuz he couldn't get that heavy yeah. little butt off the ground to do it. But yeah, they read all that body language, yeah. you know, and so he's like, "Back up, big boy," yes. you know. <laughs> and you have big horses. He could back your Frisian up. So that's that's pretty fun. That's pretty fun. But I know it makes it part of the personality of soulful prairies is getting to know all these different little characters that are on the farm you have your chickens you have tucker you have your horses who are we leaving out are we leaving crosby. any animals out okay who's crosby and
2: Crosby hank? and hank are the goats they are also loose and they're just kind of running around and greeting people like like dogs yeah, yeah. and they've been great little animals to have and well, were they babies when you got them they were. yeah they, they were, yeah
1: There's nothing cuter than a baby goat. I'm sorry if anybody doesn't like me saying that, but baby goats are just too cute and wouldn't it be fun to have like a hundred of them but not to take care of them but just to have them come over (laughs) and play oh a hundred baby goats in one day I'd love that that would just be my fantasy of of fun like the guy that lays down on YouTube and all the puppies crawl all over him which is a hundred baby goats for the day would be really fun but not not to keep just a hundred baby goats they're really fun to do it do yours have like mine have a mini trampoline do you ever ever do that with your goats
2: so mine are bigger than yours Mm. again they're supposed to be mini nubians and they are not <laughs> they are mini not, no. they're big so they don't they're not as bouncy as those little guys yeah. you know uh when they were babies they were bouncy but yeah. no we do not have a trampoline
1: <laughs> <laughs> they're fun the little mini tramp for them on the smaller goats is really fun so yeah ours um you know ours hoot and holler and hoot the little red one he was the size of my shih tzu the day we brought him home I mean really tiny and I have pictures of him in the back seat of my uh Ford truck in the back area where the dogs usually are um right there with my shih tzu going this is the tiniest little (laughs) thing ever seen and they're bigger now I don't know maybe they're like goldfish they expand to the size of their pen or something I don't know because they got bigger than they were supposed to too of course we don't underfeed around here either so going into that so what kind of fun stuff do you have coming up that our listeners may want to know about and um, on Soulful Prairies I know one that you have not mentioned because you're a humble person is every September you have an incredible music festival called the Soul Jam and I've been able to attend one time because I've been working on that weekend usually but it's so much fun and you sell tickets to the public for that correct so talk a little bit about when Soul Jam started how it's kind of progressed it's it's an amazing experience
2: so that's an annual um, event and it's the Saturday after Labor Day every year and it's music all afternoon so we start around one and it usually ends up uh kind of rolling down at 7:30 or so right after sunset and it's just a great day of hanging out and listening to you know probably 8 or nine different groups. We have an acoustic stage and a main stage. And so it's a great day. Sort of, oh, I always say this and realize not everybody knows it, Ravinia style if you're from Chicago area. But, you know, just putting your lawn chairs out and bringing a cooler and enjoying the environment and the music. And again, we kind of have a network of community so people run into people they haven't seen in a while so it's a really great event and we rotate uh who the donations go to so this past year it was for hope through horses and uh that is a organization i know melissa has talked about but uh that supports the gestalt work and clients who cannot afford that
1: nice so yeah we'll talk a little bit about hope through horses soul jam It's dancing on the grass. One of the cutest pictures of Dane and I that has ever been taken was taken at Soul Jam and we're dancing in the grass to some band that was playing. And um, usually the weather is just perfect that time of year. You've been really blessed with good weather for that. And um, it's a great way to connect with other people that love good music, love horses, love being on a farm. And yes, they generously... After selling all these tickets, um, usually do you, do you usually have two different nonprofits that you're supporting with Soul Jam?
2: We've been doing a main one and a, and a,
1: a main one house. and a secondary. Okay, yeah, because it really has helped a lot. So Hope Through Horses, and by the way, thank you Hope Through Horses for your partial support of this podcast. We definitely appreciate that. Of course, I appreciate Hope Through Horses' support of everything that Touched by a Horse does. So you're serving on their bored right now right so say a little bit about how you got involved in hope through horses and and what does it mean to you
2: yes i think through the work that i was doing i was seeing that you know there were times when people couldn't afford the sessions or or the work and so that was disappointing and hard to figure out like how do i handle this so we all i think slide our scales but that can get you know you know a little rough at times. So anyway, I had always thought this would be a really neat thing. And then Kelly came up with the idea not only to support uh, the work, but also students who were potentially going through the program and struggling also. So very passionate about that, you know, helping In particular, my passion is helping people who cannot afford the services.
1: Yeah, I agree.
2: And so it it allows
1: our practitioners to still be paid because they aren't a nonprofit and they need, like everyone else that does anything, like your farrier, like your vet, like your graphic artist, they need to be paid. So it does allow both the client to get the session, but also the practitioner to be paid for their time. So I think it's just an awesome marriage in that way of those two things. If anybody feels the heart to donate to Hope Through Horses, go to hopethroughhorses.com. I promise you 100% of that goes to extremely worthy people, worthy causes all within our organization. Um, Thank you for serving on the board, Linda, for sure. So, all right. Well, I think that's another podcast. So thank you, Linda, for being on this one with me.
2: Thank you, Melissa. You know, I love being part of this program and being part of your herd and I just feel so grateful that I found you so thank you you.
1: yeah thank you it was my lucky day lady you're an incredible person so my lucky day yay thanks for listening y'all I hope you have a very blessed day look up soulful prairies and kind of check it out online and then honestly we have grads all over the country if you're looking for someone to do this work with you and you need somebody closer to home let us know and we'll be happy to provide a referral of somebody geographically close. However, I have tons of clients who fly in to see me and so does Linda. It's worth the trip because you go and you get away from your everyday life and you say, nope, this trip is for me. I'm going to go do a couple of sessions with Linda Bruce at Soulful Prairies. I'm going to experience that. I'm going to think about what I want to leave in the sand in her arena and not carry around with me anymore through my life. And you can go there and, do that and have that time. If you're staying in a hotel by yourself, have that time to journal and process and then fly back home and re-enter your life. So I think that's a really smart way for people to do this work because it is intensive and it is soulful. So thank you, everybody. Have a very blessed day and tune in again. I'm sure Dane will have some entertaining things to say. (laughs) Bye, everyone.
0: Thank you for listening to the Touched by a Horse podcast. If you'd like more information about anything we've talked about on the show today or our certification program, please visit our website at touchedbyahorse.com. That's touchedbyahorse.com. Or contact our office by phone at 303-440-7125. Also, be sure to keep up with us on social media. We're at Touched by a Horse on both Facebook and Instagram. See you around the barn and on the next episode.